Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Um, welcome to today's fantastic episode. We got a lot planned for you, but first, we got to get a few things out of the way. Uh, I'm going to start off with talking playoffs, um, specifically women's college hockey playoffs. Those will be coming up this weekend. So, for Quinnipiac, they're going against St. Lawrence this weekend. Um, should be a great match. They're going to be at home for this quarterfinals match. Then we also have Yale going against Harvard at home. And based off of their last game in the regular season against Harvard, 10-1 win for them. So, you know, it, it should be pretty easy. Just rolling right through those two games and then moving on to the next round. And then UConn will be playing against BC this Saturday, the 25th in Massachusetts so maybe a little more difficult but you'll hear in my interview with defenseman Claire Peterson from said team um, the mentality that they have going into this one Um, honestly always love playoff hockey so this weekend if you can catch these games I would definitely recommend catching them if not try and at least keep up with it and um, you know do your thing with it but then also Matt and I had a really fun time this weekend Went up to Binghamton, saw the boys get a 3-2 win in regulation, a nice solid three points there. Um, It was Matt and I, as well as a bunch of other fans that went around, what would you say, like 25-ish total? 25 25 or 30 people together came out uh, to Binghamton. I was on the bus with uh, Ron Rogel, uh, his wife Alexandra, Joe Trench, uh, Ron Evans, uh, Lee Rocco, uh, who was basically leading the charge. Um, yeah, it, it really was uh, a special trip to be there with a group of fans. I've made that trip a few times in the past, um, you know, as I've been trying to uh, work on uh, my book about Danbury hockey, and uh, I've always done it with the team. And to actually go with a group of fans, uh, it was probably the most fun I had, you know, Um for some of the fans, it was their first time there. For people like Joe Trench, he'd been there before. So um, I, I really think that that's a great part of a league like this. Uh, not only that we have such a personal relationship with the players on a day-in, day-out basis, but also that uh, when you go on the road, right, it's like one big travel party kind of uh, converging on on the city. And that's very much what it was like in Binghamton. Uh, definitely a you know one of the best road trips in this league. There are restaurants and bars right outside the Veterans uh, Memorial Arena there. And uh, what can I say? It was really a great game. Um, the last couple of weeks, uh, either on the road or at home, the Hattricks have seen some of the best teams that the league has to offer. Columbus being the first one, and now back to back to Binghamton. Uh, and what was a really great game. And uh, although you weren't sitting with us, you 
and Calvin Savoya decided <laughs> not to sit with the group. I guess you guys were a little too cool. Well, it's not that we decided to not sit with you guys. Um, we had been planning to go to this trip way before the bus thing was even like an inkling. Or too cool. Even, well, hey, <laughs> hey, man, listen. Um, it's both of our birthdays that day, or it was at least. Um, so we decided, you know what, let's, as a birthday bash, let's go up to Binghamton, watch the boys just, just kill it. And that's exactly what they did. We were on the side where our guys were shooting twice. So, you know, we saw that last game winning goal just go straight in. Um, crazy to see DeBenedict just hit that with, you know, 4.2 seconds left in the game. That's all that's left on the clock. And really uh, honestly a memory i won't forget i mean you know i went up on to the elmira game earlier in the season obviously with the team you know this time was a little different being in the crowd and kind of like experiencing what it's like from a spectator point of view as more or less being with the team on the bench kind of deal and for all that ruffling you're hearing matt is kind of acting like it's like a tundra in here I'm at least he, in here. he says it's a tundra in here but i don't know i i'm fine with my jean jacket and my car hard hat it's I don't know. I don't know, man. I I think. I don't know. I think you just have sensitive skin. (laughs) Now I'm trying to protect my eyes. So, (laughs) no, I thought it was a. I thought it was a great trip, and um, you know, I just think that it speaks to the, the fans and the people that got up there and got on the road. Everybody knows this was a big game, and it um. It really proved to be some of the best hockey we've seen all season. For sure. Um, I think that uh, the reaction at the end of the game, some of the stuff that happened among our fans and some of the home fans, um, you know, uh, listen, nobody that we were with felt assaulted, but, you know, the the Binghamton fans were throwing beer at us. It was inappropriate. Somebody did throw a a, a friggin' beer can that could have hit somebody. Um, just seemed a little stupid and really petty. Um, no, nobody in Danbury does that. No, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, at the nobody end, in Danbury does that to no. a visiting fan. No, no, if no. you point out the person who did it, I'll slap them in the face. <laughs> no, nobody does that in Danbury. So, you know, listen, if, if, if somebody did that to a fan in Danbury, I'd be the first person to tell them that they were fucked up and that they had an answer to something. But, uh, Quite frankly, you know, it's just disrespectful, you know, and a sore, you just come out to be a sore loser, and you look like a sore loser. And to the guy who said, the guy who threw the beer can in front of his kids and then didn't want any problems because he was in front of his kids, you're teaching your kids to be a loser, you loser. Exactly. I mean, with that being said, um, you know, Calvin and I didn't get involved with any of that. Our section was pretty fine. We are up way up in the nosebleeds, so we're literally at the the wall so to speak even though it's kind of just you can look down and see the the concourse so it's kind of like a drop but at the same time you're, there's like a guardrail behind us but either way i'm not ready um, to give this up yet you know what <laughs> we, we say this later in the show but <clears throat> if any fans of any visiting team feel like somebody's assaulted them or thrown something at them at danbury arena and you have proof of it send it to us and if you feel uncomfortable going into Danbury Arena because of something somebody's done to you in the past or something that you're afraid of, uh, my my advice would be to be to do the same thing. Get in touch with us, and and we'll talk to the appropriate people. 
because uh, that's that's just not that's just not how it's supposed to be, for sure. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was it was really unnecessary for them to just kind of go at it like that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game. You're going there to watch as a fan. You know, you like this team, you support them. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's just just call a good game. I saw a few fans talked with them and. They couldn't even understand what was going on with that. And, you know, we worked things out, and it was fine. So, good? It's a lot of good. It's a lot of good people that support Binghamton hockey. Um, so, I'm not trying to say that everybody that was involved. Yeah. No, that, no. That at not the even rank, close. It's a lot of good people there. That just We spoke to a lot of guys that were asking us if we knew where to get local food you got, you know, and stuff like that. So, it's... um. It's not everybody, but that was really disrespectful. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but we had three retired cops, and then only two guys other than that were under 45 years old. So, basically, all these tough guys in Binghamton were throwing beer at three retired guys, a fourth guy who had a cane and had, and recently had uh, a heart attack. So, I'm not 100% sure these guys were that tough. I guess that's why they were throwing the beer while our backs were turned. But, listen, it's all water under the bridge now. Of course. And then the next night we went up to Watertown. We were able to secure a, a nice shutout, or a, sorry, shootout win there. So, you know, it's nice to get five points on the weekend. And then, um, you know, going into this weekend, we got Port Huron coming to town for the first time this season. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Port Huron's actually been pretty good i feel like this season i mean they've stole some wins here and there uh they've consistently um come out and competed they're in third place in the continental with 40 games played and 64 points um they're definitely in the mix they're a team that could cause trouble definitely in the playoffs as well and you know obviously to the fans obviously do your thing show up be loud just be ready for this matchup. Um, I'm honestly excited to see Amesbury play at home for the first time since 2022. Crazy to say that stat out loud, but um, it's going to happen. So, you know, he's he's feeling hot after that, his first goal this season. So it's definitely, definitely going to be looking forward to watching him play this weekend and be, uh, be ready to hear a great interview with him later on in the show. We also got Billy McCreary and right up next – senior defenseman from the UConn women's ice hockey team, Claire Peterson. So stay tuned. Hey, this is Brian Wilson, goalie for the Danbury Hattricks, and you're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, and today we'll be talking with Claire Peterson of the UConn women's ice hockey team. Claire, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Um, you know, we're going to start pretty early on with this you know how did you get into hockey uh well I was put into hockey because my older brother played ice hockey and I played I was like in figure skating and so my parents just threw me in my brother's gear at one point and I just never stopped this was like when I was about three too so okay so I mean obviously you got that right there um I imagine you guys did you guys like play on the same teams growing up or how did that go no, my brother's like 
five years older than me. So they just threw me out there. And I was like at one end of the rink while my brother was actually practicing. I was just fooling around. And so, you know, obviously your parents putting you through that or not like putting you through, but obviously putting you on skates and then in that gear. Um, what was their kind of like influence on you playing hockey? Oh, they had such a big influence on me. Um, like my dad played growing up, so he was mainly the big influence. So he also coached me. So he like taught me almost everything I know, except when I got to a higher level, he was like, I can't help you there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, speaking on higher levels, um, what path, you know, led you to being in juniors playing for the junior sharks? Uh, it was the only team around, honestly. I started playing with the Junior Sharks when I was around five, I want to say. And the only team they had at that time was a 10U team. So I was playing with girls that were five years older than me and having the time of my life. And I just never left that organization, mainly because I didn't want to leave California. So, yeah. And um, what are some of your, like, favorite memories from that time plan I think honestly like I can't remember a single game I'm not gonna lie but my favorite memories would have to be like being with the team and just messing around at the rink because we would play at the same rink every single year so it never changed and like I made a lifelong best friend uh growing up with her so just all those fun memories of being together you know of course and you know what led you to coming to UConn were there a few other schools you had looked at or uh that's actually a funny story um I was looking at D3 schools the entire time like I was not looking D1 at all like being a girl from California going D1 was almost impossible so um I got an email from coach Mack though uh, my, oh, what was it? My junior year, maybe saying that I should come out and see like his campus, go to his camp and all that. And I was like, all right, why not? I'll sign up, see how it goes. Like my motto at the time was just have fun. It doesn't matter if you don't make it because you weren't going to make it to begin with. And then he like, uh, talk to me right after the camp and he was like kid you're kind of good like do you want to be on UConn women's ice hockey and I was like yes I do like that was really my only opportunity to go D1 so I was like I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna seize the moment that that's awesome and yeah. then, you know and going to UConn what were you looking to study uh, I was always interested in science growing up so I was originally a bio, bio, biological science major, but then I realized I had to take evolutionary classes and I was like, I do not like that. So I switched my major to molecular and cellular biology. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, you guys had a pretty great season finishing out 18, 12 and four. Um, take us through what was your favorite moment of the season? I think one of my favorite moments of the season was the opening of the Dan Toscano Ice Forum. Um, it was an electric environment. We had the most fans that I've ever seen come to our games there. 
and we had all of our alumni come back. So they really brought some energy. And with that energy, I think we utilized it to probably put on the best weekend we've ever had, like in my four years here, like we had a great weekend that week. So, yeah. And then to kind of tailgate off of that, um, what are your thoughts on the new rink? I mean, how does it feel playing in it compared to, you know, like the XL Center? Yeah, uh, it's actually like insane in there. I've personally never played in the XL Center, so I cannot comment on that. But okay. compared to like the Freitas where we usually play in, it's absolutely insane. Like walking in there the first day, I was in awe, had like little to no words come out of me except for maybe a couple swear words but won't repeat that um but yeah I just became incredibly grateful for the opportunity I have to play at this uh place and to play in this type of arena and environment so and you know with this being your senior season um what has it been like over the course of this past four years um some of your favorite memories and done just anything that comes to mind. Yeah, I think just building a whole new family uh, all the way across the country has really helped me in figuring out who I am as a person. Because when I came here, I honestly was like, I was the last pick on this team. I have no idea how to play, who I am, you know. I've never left home. <laughs> so this is all very new to me. And, like, UConn has really taught me how to grow up, become a mature, mature adult. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think some of the best memories have to do with what happens off the ice, like when I hang out with my friends and all that. But, I think some of my favorite on ice memories would have to be beating BC in the quarterfinals like three years in a row. Oh, those are just the best memories there. So. Of course. And then this weekend, I mean, being wrapping up the regular season, you guys were able to sweep Holy Cross in two yeah. consecutive three nothing shutouts. Um, take us through it. Um, you know, what was going through your mind through both of those games? Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> I had watched, uh, you know, the uh, TV show Shorzy? Yes. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my roommate had binged that show right before this weekend. <laughs> and his motto through that entire uh, season was, we're never losing again. And that's what my motto was going into this uh, weekend. It's like, we're never losing again. And so I told my D crew, I was like, this is the motto we have to take. We are having a winning mindset and we're going to take it and we're going to destroy whoever's on the other side. I don't care who's on the other side. We're going to destroy them and we're going to play our best hockey, which is simple and to our character. So that's really what I was thinking about. Unfortunately, I didn't really play this weekend because of an injury, but I was on the bench just cheering everybody on. I was trying to bring all the energy, trying to keep it lighthearted, you know? <laughs> of course. And then are you excited for season two of Shorzy? I mean, you got to be. Absolutely. I'm going to binge it as soon as it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, adding that, you know, watching TV with some of your teammates, um, what are your favorite things to do when you're not playing? Like just kind of you got that free time. What do you like to do? 
Uh, I am a huge baker. So I like bake cookies, cupcakes, cheesecakes. And so if I'm ever like bored, uh, upset, angry, don't uh, want to procrastinate, I will bake something. So I've become notorious on the team for being the baker. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Have you ever thought about making that like a little side business? Oh, yeah, I have. I have a best friend back at home who's also an incredible baker. And we've like, she's going to business school right now. So it's like, hey, when I get done with all the molecular and cellular part of my life, we're going to open up a bakery at home. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, we like to ask all, I guess, this um, favorite NHL team. Favorite NHL team? Um, okay. So this is kind of tricky for me because... I am a lifelong Sharks fan, but yeah. they suck this year. Yeah, yeah. So my second one is probably the Colorado Avalanche. Not because I maybe a little bit of a bandwagon, but I just really love the way that Kale McCarr plays. And I try to mimic my play off of him. Of course. And then did you get to watch that insane comeback the other night against Edmonton? I did not. <laughs> So I honestly don't think I watch too much hockey. Gotcha. So. Okay. Um, and then, you know, going into this weekend, playoffs are on. You're going against BC on Saturday. How are you preparing for it? I am preparing uh, mentally. I am still going with that motto from Shorzy. We're never losing again. I don't care who the other opponent is. We're never losing again. Um, but I think our team is very fired up because BC, we have a lifelong hatred with them. So I think we're all excited for this game. Um, but personally, physically, I am preparing by trying to nurse this injury I have right now. And we're just going to take it day by day. There you go. And yeah. then you know, after college is done, are you looking to go pro or do you want to kind of pursue that science path that you were studying? I think I want to do a little bit of both, you know? So I have always wanted to travel overseas. So I think hockey will get me overseas and then I'll probably try to find a research opportunity out wherever I am, you know? So that's pretty cool. And yeah. Also, what would you tell some of the incoming freshmen about the program? I think I would tell the freshmen that we are a tight-knit group and that we're actually incredibly accepting of a lot of people and we're, we're a family and we treat every single person here like a family. And as long as you put in hard work, as long as you play to who you are, don't try to do too much. You, they'll fit in as, uh, as well as they can. So that's what I did. I showed up my first day not thinking I belonged, but I put in all the hard work and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And yeah. <laughs> of course. And then I also got to ask, I know obviously with being an athlete, you're, you're busy with hitting the books and practicing. Have yeah. you caught any of the the basketball games over your four-year career? Because I know UConn's very known for that, but. Yeah, absolutely. We go to the basketball games as much as we can because 
most of the time they play during the week. And so we try to hit those up when we can and absolutely crazy environment, especially the women's basketball games. We love going to that. Love seeing like so many people cheering on another woman's sport. It's just really encouraging to see. Of course, Claire, thank you for coming on today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And best of luck to you this weekend against BC. Yeah, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hattrick City weekend schedule starting in college hockey at Quinnipiac. The men's team will be closing out the regular season on the road, first against Union on Friday, February 24th, and then against RPI on Saturday, February 25th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bobcats are starting the ECAC playoffs at home. The quarterfinal series against St. Lawrence will be taking place on Friday, February 24th for a 6 p.m. puck drop, and then on Saturday, February 25th for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At UConn, the men's team will be at home with a contest against UAA on Friday, February 24th for a 7.05 p.m. puck drop, followed by a matchup with UNH on Saturday, February 25th for a 3.05 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Huskies are starting the Hockey East playoffs on the road against BC on Saturday, February 25th, which is set for a 2.30 p.m. puck drop. At Sacred Heart, the men's team are finishing off the regular season against AIC on the road on Friday, February 24th, and then at home on Saturday, February 25th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Pioneers start the NEWHA playoffs on the road against FPU on Friday, February 24th, and on Saturday, February 25th. Both games are set for a 4 p.m. puck drop. At Yale, the men's team will be concluding the regular season at home, starting with a Friday, February 24th contest against Colgate, as well as Saturday, February 25th against Cornell. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bulldogs are at home for the start of the ECAC playoffs against Harvard on Friday, February 24th and Saturday, February 25th, which are both set for a 3 p.m. puck drop. In pro hockey, the Danbury Hattricks are back home as they take on Port Huron on Friday, February 24th for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop and on Saturday, February 25th with a 7 p.m. puck drop. The Bridgeport Islanders face Charlotte on Saturday, February 25th with a 7 p.m. puck drop followed by a matchup against Lehigh Valley on Saturday, February 26th with a 5 p.m. puck drop. The Hartford Wolfpack are on the road against Syracuse on Saturday, February 25th, which is set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The New York Islanders host Los Angeles on Friday, February 24th with a 7.30 p.m. puck drop, and the Islanders are on the road against Winnipeg on Sunday, February 26th for a 3.30 p.m. puck drop. The New Jersey Devils are at home against Philadelphia on Saturday, February 25th for a 7 p.m. puck drop, and the New York Rangers are on the road against Washington on Saturday, February 25th for a 1 p.m. puck drop. And that will conclude this week's Hattrick City Weekend Schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. As always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt in the studio today, we are welcoming back the one and only Daniel Amesbury. Daniel. How are we doing today? Hey, how's it going, boys? Appreciate you guys having me back on. Of course. It's great to have you here. It's especially great to have you here as a, a goal scorer. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, take us through Friday night. You know, you, you really only come back, it's like, was it your sixth game back or your fifth uh, game I back? Think it was like my fourth, 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 game. Like fourth game back. F yeah. Fourth game back. You get out there, you let Three one fly. Three and a half, fly. I got kicked out on the one. <laughs> <laughs> you let one fly. Take us through it. Yeah, I don't know, just uh, shooting the puck, really. Um, just, yeah, it was, I've been just uh, 
Billy's been telling me to shoot the puck more, so I shot the puck, and it just got a good bounce, and it ended up going in. It was hilarious because in Binghamton, all the Binghamton fans hate me. It was <laughs> the greatest time to score a goal. Uh, and then when they are announcing my name, I'm getting up and waving at the crowd. And <laughs> it was a, it was funny, but yeah, no, it just I think it it was a pretty hard slap shot, and then it like went through his pad, and then off the glass, and then it bounced off his back, and then back in. So it was just funny. That was you know I told Billy after at the intermission, and I just said uh, it's pretty much just how I imagined my first goal back uh, in <laughs> pro hockey. It's pretty much exactly how I drew it up there, Billy. So uh, yeah, it couldn't have been. Me. It couldn't have been any more cinematic yeah. or uh, just kind of momentous there. You wind up, the puck goes hard off the glass, basically off the back of the goalie and into the net. And uh, when I saw you in intermission, you were walking pretty fast, but I said, that's the goon goal. Yeah. And you, uh, you, had a good, you had a good laugh out of that one. So, Danny, th- tell us, you know, you've really been only back four games. How do, you, how do you feel you've been adjusting after sitting out so long? It's hard coming back. Like, I was really starting to get in the swing of things before I got suspended. So I was feeling really good there. And so now I'm just kind of trying to get back and, and trying to get, you know, back into the vibe of the game and stuff. But, uh, but I feel it coming, you know. It's, just, it's never easy to take a break, you know. Like, um, I mean, I'm still on the ice. I'm still skating, but just playing games and getting reps in, like, in an actual game, it's different, you know. Like, like I said, I retired from pro hockey in 2014. So this is my first season back. So that was my first goal in pro hockey since I retired in 2014. So it's been a while. And uh, But, yeah, no, I feel like my game is getting better and better. I just um, – really just uh getting my reps in and, and getting back into the swing of things hopefully by the time we get into playoffs i'll be able to be like a, a producer here ironically um you played in binghamton last friday night and but you were suspended for a while before that but you did play some lacrosse up there uh could just been a while we never got to talk about that what was that experience like Kind yeah, of playing pro lacrosse down here. Yeah, so during my suspension, I got a couple calls from, well, I got a couple calls from a few different teams, some East Coast Hockey League teams and, and uh, NLL teams, the National Lacrosse League teams. And one of the teams that called me was Halifax in the National Lacrosse League, and they asked if I could come play some games for them. And, and uh, you know, for me, the travel situation was kind of tough. And I said, you know, like, I'm still here practicing with my team. I'm not, I'm not going to leave my team i made a commitment to stay here and i said the same thing to these echl teams which people think might think i'm kind of crazy for doing but i'm about my word and i told billy i was going to stay the whole season and not take any call-ups and that's what i'm doing so um so yeah so when they called me they said oh well yeah like we got games in new york and rochester or whatever that that could have worked out but they said uh our minor pro team has a game coming up this weekend in binghamton if you can play in that one, like whatever, like, well, we'd love to have you, you know, go play for our minor pro team. So um, that's what I did. It was, it was, uh, I took the family up for the weekend and I went up, uh, we actually played Binghamton on Friday night, like the hat tricks yeah. played Binghamton on Friday night. So I watched that game on Friday night and then the next night was Saturday and I played my first pro lacrosse game. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And so it was a connection through the National Lacrosse League ultimately that brought you to this kind of a startup league called the Pro Box Lacrosse Association. Yeah, yeah. It was Halifax Thunderbirds in the NLL that called me. Uh, I talked to a few NLL teams this season about playing, but uh, 
really my my plan for the year was to to play hockey and uh one of the things i did you know i've i've had i've talked to even before i came to danbury i had uh echl teams calling me uh to come come try out and come sign and stuff like that but when i made my deal with billy like i was just really i wanted to come to danbury because of aj obviously and and doing some cross promotions for ice wars and stuff like that um, and so when I made my deal with Billy to come out here, uh, part of the deal was I, I stayed here and I wasn't going to take any call-ups. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what, what I'm doing. I'm sticking around and don't have any plans to go anywhere. So You made a post the other day kind of just talking about how you've been working on uh, different parts of um, whether it's combat sports or MMA and boxing. Uh, at champs, could you take us through what you've been kind of doing, like with your with, with that layoff and what you did in there? Yeah, so uh, AJ has a boxing gym in Danbury called Champs um, Boxing Club, and it's it's a great spot. They're actually expanding right now, so they're doing they have a whole gym now that I mean a lot of people don't even know, but they have the boxing gym, and then right across on the other side of the building, they have like a full fitness center now with um, all sorts of brand new equipment. Like it's there's turf, there's sleds for pushing and pulling, and um, all sorts of equipment over there. So now there's a whole strength and conditioning side. So yeah, so I've just been training there, um, doing lots of boxing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I got sparring tonight, actually. I got a few guys coming in to spar with tonight at Champs. So, um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of boxing and then strength and conditioning and stuff like that. But You, you went out to Colorado recently too, right, to do some training? or Yeah, so I flew out to Colorado to, I was training with Chris Camozzi, who's a UFC veteran. He fights in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship now. Um, he fought, I think, in Pride, one championship. Like, he's he's been around. He's an MMA vet. Um, so I trained with him. Uh, in Denver, and then I went on his podcast, and then I, uh, I had a, uh, I tra- did some training with Scott Parker, who played uh, for the Colorado Avalanche, won a Stanley Cup there, I think, in I want to say two thousand yeah, back in the day. eight or two thousand three, I don't know, one of the two maybe. But uh, so I went and did some training with Scott Parker, and then uh, there was a um, pond hockey tournament called the Great, I want to say Grand Lake Pond Hockey Classic, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were raising some money for Parker's Platoon, which is his nonprofit. And then they have uh, Taboo Social Club, so we were doing some promotion, and um, we were like the the NHL alumni team. So it was me and it was me, uh, Scott Parker, and Derek Armstrong. Uh, playing together in he the tournament. He won in 98 and 2001. 98 and 2001, there you go. So. Derek Armstrong, huh? Yeah, Derek Armstrong. So he was, uh, Derek Army was my coach when I played in the Central League in Denver, so he's a friend of mine. Former um, New York Islander, Derek yeah. Armstrong. Yeah, he actually played for Hartford, I think, too, in yeah, the, in the, the end, AHL. I think, yeah. I think he's got some record numbers in, in the A. Really? I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look it up, but... Uh, yeah, he said something. No, about yeah, he's he got some player. crazy numbers. Great player, great guy. So it was really nice to catch up with Army because that was the first time I seen the gunslinger, and <laughs> I don't know how long, but uh, but yeah, is we, that what they call him the gunslinger. The gunslinger. That's what he calls himself. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, it was a really good time. We uh, we played in the pond hockey tournament. We raised some money for a good cause, and uh, I got to catch up with some of my old friends and coaches, and uh, and uh, got some karaoke in too. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, to go back, obviously the last time you played prior to these two weekends was when we took on Delaware. Um, you put on quite a show. I mean, you went out with Basie a few times, um, may have broke his face, but um, take us through at least that weekend from what you remember. I know it was like a few months ago, but yeah. just to kind of get people up to speed. Yeah, so Delaware, that would have been my last home game. So that was 
before Christmas, I guess, which is <laughs> yeah. crazy. So I'm excited to play at home this weekend. But um, yeah, we were in Del or Delaware was in Danbury, and yeah, I think I fought Basie. I want to say I fought him at Puck Drop, but I don't remember. I think it might have been the I fought Basie in the. I forgot fought Basie twice. I think on Friday, yeah. Friday night, <laughs> and then Saturday night, I laid someone out my first shift. And my hand was already beat up. Like I didn't. I was like, dude, I beat up Basie twice on Friday. Like, I I came into that game. I knew I was going to be playing a lot more, and I was playing a lot at the time. And I was like, well, I don't need to fight. I hit the guy with a clean hit. Basie's right there. End of my shift. He comes to fight me, and I'm like, for the first time in my life, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep my gloves on. I'm not going to fight him. Where I'm, I'm going to take the five minute power play, and <laughs> and we're gonna. I'm just going to play hockey. Like I don't need to. I don't want to sit in the penalty box right now. And so Basie drops his gloves, hits me a couple times. I'm, I'm just whatever, grab onto him, gloves on. He ends up taking me and jumping onto my back, getting on top of me and, and kind of ground and pounding me a little bit. Not, he didn't really beat me up or anything. Like it didn't, he, I don't know if he's hitting me much, but he was definitely yeah. like on top of me and stuff. The refs get him off me and I'm thinking like, my gloves are on, I'm getting up and they're like, take me over the penalty box. I'm like, dude, what am I going to the penalty box for? Like, was it the hit or whatever? They're like, well, just let us figure it out. Let us figure it out. Next thing you know, I get in the penalty box and they give us both five minutes for fighting. Wow. We got no power play. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, the, so nobody's going to protect me when something like that happens to me. I got, so it's, so it's in my hands to protect myself. And so I was kind of mad. I was, I was pissed. So then, so, uh, when I got out, I'm like, well, the refs aren't going to protect me. Then I'm going to make sure I protect me. And then that's when I later in the game, I basically picked on one of their goal scorers. Cause if you're going to jump me, then I'm going to jump one of your guys. That's just how it goes. You're going to jump me or jump one of my guys. Then I'll jump one of your guys. And then next time your guy is going to be pissed if you jump me. Because that puts him at, you know. So, so at the end of the day, if, if the refs would have protected me uh, to begin with, then I probably wouldn't have punched the second guy out with my glove on and then gotten my 13-game suspension. Um, I don't know if you want us to leave this in, but I remember you coming in the box, looking at me and telling me, I'm going after one of their guys later on. And I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. that's what you want to do. And then next thing you know. I'm sure worse has been said in that box. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then. You know, it comes around third period, he just decks this guy, lays yeah. him out, and I was like, oh, he wasn't kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, like, I, I mean, for the most part, like, if – I mean, most of the time when, when shit gets out of the hand, it's it's generally starts with a missed call or something. Like, a lot of the times it'll come – a game can get out of hand from the refing. But, but that was me. Just I was really upset that I let – I literally let the guy jump me. Because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go get a penalty. I want to play hockey tonight just like this league wants me to do. And then I get a penalty. And then not only did I get a penalty, we got no power play out of it. Nothing. So it's like, well, what are you, how, what are you doing to protect me? If I decide I don't want to fight, the guy's allowed to jump on top of me and beat on me and, and not get a power play. So then, okay, so then when I go do that to their team, it's going to be even strength, right? You know what I mean? It's going to yep. be even strength when I go punch their guy or jump their guy. So I was just... I, at the end of the day, the reason I did that was because I wanted that team to know that if somebody jumps at one of our guys or cheap shots one of our guys or jumps me and the refs aren't going to protect me, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that everybody in the league knows that there's some sort of consequence for cheap shotting a guy. Exactly. So, did you how much of the how much of the hockey that you missed on that 13 game suspension did you watch and how much of it did you witness, like some cheap shots coming towards our team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's there's 
teams play a lot tougher when I'm not in the lineup. That's like kind of a given. I mean, I've seen that my whole life in box lacrosse and in hockey. Uh, when I'm in the stands, teams tend to get tough. Uh, it's it's kind of obvious, but I mean, the cool part about it was like you know at the beginning. If you you guys seen it, I'm sure, but like at the beginning of my suspension, we were really getting picked on, and like it was like you know there's a lot of teams that were kind of taking liberties, and then near the end of it, everybody was standing up for each other. Guys were fighting more, and it, I feel like it was almost a well timed suspension for our team because well I was out, Johnny was out, Gordy was out, so everybody had to step up. We needed the big guys to start fighting and stepping up and protecting each other, and then we needed guys to step up and score goals, and and I feel like it was almost good for us as a team to kind of get that going. And then now I'm going to be back. I'm back in the lineup. Johnny's coming back in the lineup. Gordy will be coming back in the lineup and we'll all be firing on all cylinders by the time we get into playoffs. So like I, I always look on the bright side of everything. I think there's a good side that came out of my suspension as far as like other guys kind of getting now we're playing tougher in the back end. Our deer pretty tough. You know, we got guys in the front end that were willing to fight and, you know, standing up for each other. But definitely teams were taking a little bit more liberties when I wasn't in the lineup. Two guys I noticed kind of um, did a little extra scrapping while you were out was Riley Robinson and Zach Pamillion. What did you think of the way those guys handled themselves? Yeah, it's good, man. Like, it's, like, fun to see. I mean, I always give them feedback and stuff. I think Zach's last fight, like, I just told him, because he's a smaller guy. He's like, ZP, man, just, like, don't because he tries I, I try and teach these guys to fight but like I fight a certain way because I'm a bit I got long arms and I can string guys out and spin them and I'm, and I'm also like higher level like I know a bunch of different ways to respond to different things so when I taught them how to fight I kind of showed them my style so ZP is kind of trying to fight like he's a big guy so I told him I said dude just next time just throw a bunch of, like you don't have to kill the guy just hit him just overwhelm him with punches just throw quick punches and I think his last fight in Danbury he beat the wheels off some guy right in front of our net in uh i think in the our bench side yeah and uh, he did really well but he just came out quick and hard and then uh, robo's been doing good yao fights every second game it seems like he's always fighting but um yeah it's nice to see you guys stepping up of course and then what are you looking to do this weekend uh, against port Huron? I want to just produce, man. Like, I'm looking to put up some points, dude. Uh, you like, got that one, you know. Yeah, yeah I got the ball rolling. <laughs> got the cherry off you. <laughs> yeah, I got the monkey off my back, and now, uh, yeah, let's, hopefully I can get some more ice. SHL cherry popped. Yeah. That's exactly, one pop. Well, you, you know, I was getting chirped the other day in the penalty box by cutting. He's like, oh, you're brutal. You're a terrible hockey player. You're, you can't do shit. And I'm, like, kind of thinking, and I'm like, after the game, I'm looking, and he's got one point in, like, 30 games. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I got seven points in 15, 14 games. <laughs> and, if you, and, you know, I was joking around with the boys today. I'm like, hey, if you guys take out – if you guys count all that time I've spent in the penalty box, I'm actually a point per game right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you really take yeah. it all out, yeah. right? 14 games, I sit in the penalty box half a game. So, I mean, I'm – Taylor Cutting has one point in 18 games. Yeah, terrible hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not showing much this season. But um, tell us a little bit about what what's going to be next for you on the fighting end. We know you have rough and rowdy coming up. How does that break down? What's going to be going on there? Yeah, so rough and rowdy is kind of like my pony right now. Um, I'm kind of focused on that mostly. Um, I got I fight on March 3rd in West Virginia in Charleston, Charles. Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia. Charleston, yeah, yeah, yeah. West Virginia. And uh, I'm fighting a guy named Trace Cha Tr Tracy Roby, I want to say. I don't even know how to say his name. He's got a red mullet, though. 
That's all I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm fighting him in West Virginia March 3rd. You're going to knock him out. And then after that, I'm going to fight for the belt against Bobby Lang. And then I'm, I'm just going to take the promotion over. I'm just going to beat everybody up. And and then uh, maybe I'll fight Jake Paul. Oh, that that I would fly out to see wherever <laughs> it is I'm going. That would be a great thing to build up to, right? Like, yeah. do, you, do you feel like you're going to... Obviously, the Rough and Rowdy is a huge platform for you right now, especially while you're pursuing, you know, continuing to play pro hockey and possibly pursuing lacrosse. But, like, have you made, like, any timetable or any kind of thinking point for when you might maybe turn pro as a boxer? Would you do that? Or? Um, yeah, so it's something that AJ talks about to me about lots. You know, I think, like, I think at the end of the day, Rough and Rowdy is my best bang for my buck right now. And as far as like promotion and like building myself a platform, I think Rough and Rowdy is where I want to be for the time being. Like, I don't want to rush out of it, but I definitely want it. It's on my bucket list to have pro boxing on my resume. So, like, you know, I'm probably just going to ride the wave in Rough and Rowdy for a bit and see how things go. Hopefully, I can goat some NFL player into fighting me or something like that. Have some <laughs> good money cool. fights. I know, like, Pac-Man Jones was a big fight for the champ right now. Like, yeah. He fought Pac-Man Jones and stuff. So those are always good money fights. So it'd be nice to do something like that, maybe a couple of those or whatever, and, and just see where Barstool kind of takes me. Um, and then, uh, I mean, eventually, I would probably want to make the move and, and fight pro at some point boxing so um but yeah it's definitely on the map i'm not really hardline for a timeline or anything like that like i'm kind of just letting the universe play things out the way they go and i kind of just change with uh you know what's kind of coming at me and and kind of go where the wind blows me but with direction the guys that you're gonna spar with later on or tomorrow whatever it is are they professional level guys or um, I think one of them trying is trying to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a. I, th I can't. I can't remember if the one guy's pro or amateur. I'm pretty sure they are pro. Yeah. So I don't like. I don't know who's uh, who's coming tonight. But yeah, I'll have some sparring tonight, um, which is good. But like, for, like entry level pro guys and, and amateurs. So you, are you gonna have to miss a game to go to the? I'm gonna miss two games. So uh -huh. I leave on. Uh, I think it's Elmira, Elmira that weekend. So I leave on Wednesday. Yeah. We're driving. So. I leave on Wednesday, I fight on Friday, and then I'm back probably Sunday. Yeah. It's like I have, what, nine or ten hour drive, I think. Yeah. Probably far. something like that, nine and a half hour drive. So we're doing that uh, little jaunt. So I'll be missing Elmira, Elmira. So boys will be on their own that weekend. With, with a bit of hockey left to play here, what's, what's, what's kind of your mind frame? You say you want to produce. What do you think you have to do more of to get there? I think I just need reps and just confidence. Like the biggest thing for me, like even at the beginning of the year, I was panicking with the puck so much. Um, uh, I know my game, like it just has to be simple and just chip and chase, basic, basic game. And when I do that, everything kind of comes. Like um, I just want to be able to be a guy that can be dependent on. Like I know that Billy's talked about at some point getting me on the power play and stuff, but I just, all I need to do is just get my confidence back. The thing is with me is everybody gives me a lot of room. So it doesn't take much for me to be able to be a very contributive player. I just, all I need to do is be confident with the puck and not make mistakes. And I feel like if I can do that, then the points will come. And, uh, I mean, I would love to play again next year. Like I don't necessarily have a plan yet for my next season or whatever, but uh, don't be surprised if I end up back here. Really? Yeah. W would you, um, would you think about trying to go to a higher level of lacrosse or you're pretty, pretty set on hockey? Um, just because of the stuff that's been going on with Ice Wars, I've been pretty set on hockey. But, I mean, that doesn't take anything out of the, 
you know, out of the cards. Like for me, it's kind of just my real focus right now is 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 fighting. Like it's it's boxing and 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 uh, and ice wars. Like that's where that's what brought me here in the first place. Um, you know, I'm not trying to go to the NHL. Um, I know people think I'm crazy for not going to Kansas City when they called me in the coast. I know it's like one of the best places to play, but at the end of the day, like. I am trying to keep my focus and I have a good boxing gym here. AJ's here. He's the one that's kind of helped giving me these opportunities with Barstool. New opportunities come up. I can go do that. Like, cause, cause I'm here with AJ. It makes it easy. Um, so like I say, that's my main focus. So everything else is kind of just, if it, if it benefits me and my boxing and ice wars career and my boxing and ice wars promotion, then that's what I'm going to do. So whatever, realistically i'm kind of thinking whatever gets the most um eyes on me or the most exposure i think is probably where i'll end up we talked about it a little bit off the air but something i wanted to go through one more time i don't think we really got into it well enough at the top of the at the top of the show was um take us through that friday night win against binghamton again you know what i mean like you you guys are down you get that goal how does it play out just from a mental perspective on the team? Yeah, so, like, that's – those are huge wins. Like, I even told some of the younger guys, like, you'll remember that for your whole life because, like, it was just so emotional. But that's playoff hockey, and that's what I was saying, like, before when we were talking, before we had the mics on, like um, – like our teams like you got to remember we don't have johnny and gordy in the lineup right so not having those guys in the lineup and and um obviously just so is not in the lineup too so it's like that's a those are three big roles that need to be filled and we did great you know what i mean just the fact that we were in that game the whole time we ended up coming back and then we we pushed them and then we won the game in the what is it, the last 30 seconds last four seconds like four last seconds four left. seconds we scored like there's nothing that feels better in bingo those are our clear that's our clear rivals we're fighting for first place and we win that game it's like that just shows me that we have a playoff ready team and then you know by the time we do get to playoffs and we do get gordy and johnny back we're gonna be buzzing so because it was a big game you know you had so many people i mean it was really uh Man, it was really an incredible trip. You had maybe 20, 25 fans get on the bus to get up on a Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And, uh, I mean, we experienced kind of, just as the fans, we experienced kind of everything there. You know, we had we had a little kind of um, uh, kind of an incident, uh, not, not with other fans, but, like, right before the game started, uh, we had somebody take a fall. It was a pretty crazy situation. Uh, thank God uh, the person was okay. Then... Uh, you know, after the game, I mean, listen, you know, I, I'm not the most innocent person, but but uh, I could tell you that I don't know what the hell I was doing that the next thing you know, I'm getting splashed with beer and it was coming from behind us and uh, it was pretty cra- I mean, it was pretty crazy. I usually don't get too excited, like, but um, it was pretty crazy just even just trying to get out of there. So the wind tasted that much. Oh, yeah. There was like just <laughs> there was just so much more in that victory. Even though like 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 I was really tired there, but my adrenaline was going so strong. I really didn't start like kind of fading until the last ten minutes before we got back to Danbury. And I mean, some of the people who were on the bus were just not going to sleep at all that yeah. night. It was just everybody was wide awake. Um, 
Johnny Ruiz actually coached most of the game, yeah, right? Yeah. What, what did you think about John behind the bench? It was good. Yeah, I know. It's a great experience for those guys too, right? Like Billy obviously got kicked out early in the game. I think when Ojek got in a fight and then the coaches got into it. And I thought they were going to fight under the bleachers there, honestly. Was, I was watching the whole thing, man. I couldn't take my eyes off that. <laughs> it looked like something... By what I heard, it looked like something like that could have happened. Dude, it was it was funny too because like you could only really see like where I was, I could see Billy, like I could see both the coaches kind of nose to nose, and I'm watching them, and like you could see like Bingo Bingo's team was kind of watching me because they knew I could see because there's like a perfectly clear spot, so they're kind of watching me, and I kind of look over and I see all these guys watching me watch, and so I kind of start obviously you guys are we're all chirping each other, messing with each other. And I was like, oh, and I started to pretend that Billy was beating their coach up. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Billy's beating the coach up, and then all of them got looked all worried, and then they all run over to look, and then I'm like, I got ya. <laughs> But uh, the bingo fans can get pretty rowdy, though. Like, even when I was watching the game a couple weeks ago or whatever, I had some guy, like, chirping my wife and, like, throwing beers at us and stuff. Jesus. I was with my kids, man. So, like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it seemed it got an extra level of petty that I don't – I'll be honest. I don't know if we see – I don't sit in every section. But it seemed like an extra level of petty that we usually don't stoop to here and there. Yeah, to be honest. It's a tight it's I think there's more people there, so there's more desensitized like here it's like so tight, man. Like yeah. you throw a beer at somebody, there's there, like you another fan's gonna beat you, you up. Do it. Yeah, yeah, and like another fan's gonna hold you accountable. Whereas in bingo there's like so many people, it's like, oh nobody even knows who threw this beer. I can't say I haven't seen beer. listen, I can't say I haven't seen beer thrown at Danbury of Arena. Course, yeah, never yeah, at a fan. Never yeah. at I haven't seen it personally thrown at another person. Yeah. And I've been to a hundred games here or whatever yeah. it is, you know, uh, and, and, and another thing that was a little irritating was it just like how, like, how did you know we were even with Binghamton? I had like a black hat on. Yeah. How did you know we were even with Danbury? I, I had a black hat on. I wasn't like wearing a hat tricks jersey or anything. It just, it just seemed a little, it just seemed a little petty. Last season, uh, there was a defenseman who played for Binghamton, a young kid, relatively young kid out of college. Uh, I think he played at Johnson and Wales. And I had like, he played for Binghamton. I had like an hour and a half conversation with the kid's dad during the game, you know, or an hour conversation just talking about the league. And that was like a friendly thing. Two weeks, I wrote this on, I think I wrote this on Facebook somewhere. Two weeks later, the guy's brother came down to a game in a Binghamton jersey. The guy was the nicest guy. He was like any animosity or whatever. It was like a joke to him. He yeah. w- he went into 102 and like yeah. took took pictures of them like tackling him or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like what is having being fun? Imp- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, you know, I, I I really invite any Binghamton fan that's afraid to come to Danbury Arena to contact me. <clears throat> Contact anybody. Yeah, through totally. Amesbury would probably show yeah. you around if yeah, you yeah. sent them a nice DM. Yeah. I just don't think that that. Listen, I, I can't speak for every single person, and I, I accept no responsibility for anybody but myself. I just don't think that that's the way. We no, should. man. I think like another thing, like even when Schmitty was in town, like I'm for good friends with Justin Schmidt on you know, Columbus. Like when I knew he wasn't playing, I was in Denver, but right away I messaged a couple of the fans. And I said, "Hey, Schmitty's coming to town. I'm gonna tell him to go to the the bar upstairs, meet him over there, take care of him for the weekend." And and they did. He uh, went. Yeah. He was he sitting in the animal. He yeah. was sitting in the animal house. I think having beers with all you guys, having a blast. Right. Like great guy. He, he called me on Monday. He's like, "Ames, thank you so much, man. I had so much fun with the guys. Like everybody, all the fans were great." 
great, and they were all taking pictures with them and stuff, and that's what it's about, man. Because like, the people that's here the guy I go to war with it. on the ice, you know, and, yep. and we still, you know, we don't hold grudges. Some of these fans, I gotta, I never, I try not to bring up stuff that comes up on Facebook, but I really had to bring this up. Well, this guy was trying to say something about, like, I didn't score. No, well, besides that, which was ridiculous, <laughs> the, the guy. I mean, the, clearly his glasses were hanging way too far off of his nose to really see what. It was clear as day what happened. I think Helen Keller had the call on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just want to be like, here's the thing: like, I, you got to be really pathetic if you're bragging to us about how you used to have an AHL team. Now. Yeah. Like, uh, congratulations. Well, the best exactly. thing, too, is, like, I always see these fans, these bingo fans, they're always like, we're going to have an AHL team again. Like, we're selling out. Like, we're going to get an AHL Maybe team. Maybe they like, will. Uh, like, the way I see it, it's no like, way. what kind of business plan is that? Like, we're paying $5,000 a week, or we could have an A, and, and we have, we're selling out anyways. Right. Or we could raise our overhead to a hundred grand a week yeah. in salary. <laughs> exactly. And have the same amount of fans. Have a million dollars yeah. in escrow. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is a yeah. great business. We're making money. Let's try and lose money this and bring an a, AHL team in. You've got to be nuts if you really think that the AHL, look, and I'll say this loud and clear. You've got to be nuts. And listen, I don't go to every AHL rank, but the yeah. ones I've been to, I could have just as easily fallen asleep. And yeah. then and while the game exactly, going it's on. more entertaining. Anyways. This is way more yeah. entertaining. You're on top of the fans. But what I wanted to say is like, the guy. How about the guy? How about the Gary Ryan's reply to me was like, I was like, dude, Binghamton's not an AHL city anymore. And he's like, Dan Barry never will be. I was like, we, we all kind of know. Like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. all kind of know. Fine. Yeah, like, we're okay with that. It just goes to show you, it's like, dude, you've really only been following this league for a year if you think that Dan Barry thinks it's going to move up to the yeah. AHL one day. Yeah, we're just going to blow past Hartford and yeah. Bridgeport and all that. They're going to move it to Dan Barry. Yeah. It's not happening, pal. Yeah. Uh, it's a unique thing that's going on here, and I suggest yeah. you get with it, you know, or get yeah. lost because uh, – yeah, Denver's a great place. Man. Some of that chirping yeah. about the AHL was so pathetic. Oh yeah, it's like well, it, the way I see it is like like I said, like there. If you're, why would you ever, if you got a business and your overhead is minimal, for the same amount of profit that you'd make off an AHL team, like how much more money are you gonna make with an AHL team in town? Not much. Like you could probably sell out every game, okay, but you're paying how much more money and what's the salary cap in the A? It's got to be freaking no, half a million dollars. Like, yeah. like, it's yeah. got to be like yeah, 30 yeah, grand a week or something I, like that. No, more than that, I bet. Maybe. I, I, I really don't know. I, I can't say but that. But either I mean. way, it's probably at least 10 times. And oh, you're yeah. putting the same amount of fans in the... In the it's the same amount yeah. of fans coming in. The yeah. overhead is just a different thing. Just something different for the fans to bitch about. It's a, Well, it's just another place that... Yeah. Hockey, like, AHL hockey. Look, if, if the AHL had it... Their way, I think they would be in mostly big cities. Yeah, they'd I be think. in all the teams. They'd probably just be in the cities or right the near Kansas the cities cities with, yeah, yeah. and the Atlantas and yeah. the. And I think I think the AHL will go to Atlanta one day. Yeah, maybe not, but it. Yeah, I think it could. I think it's smart to have them close to their firm, like the NHL team. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Winnipeg's done. That's yeah. what Vancouver, I believe Calgary's. Vancouver's yeah, Vancouver's right there. Right. Vancouver, San Jose, they're playing right in the building. Um, yeah. I'd be curious to know what the AHL salary cap is too. Well, I mean. From what I could find, I mean, at least for earning salary, like the top you can make is like a hundred grand. So if you think about that on like that kind of roster, twenty guys, you probably yeah. got half of them making fifty. Couple yeah, because the the 50, average 50, average is fifty four thousand five hundred thirty seven dollars. So fifty. What, I so what fifty. The minimum is AHL weekly minimum. 
It's a the vet thing. minimum is probably That's really so high. So it's different because they do yearly, I think, right? Contracts. It, no, they I, yeah, something like that. I think yeah. Well, it's still got to be a minimum, right? Here, yeah, here I'm looking it up. Hold on. It would be like a minimum salary per year, I think, though. But yeah, no, like no, I said, right, why yeah, would you want to pay that if you're putting the same amount of no fans in the stands? It never Sorry, makes bingo. Any sense. Well, I mean, the minimum salary is fifty-one grand. Yeah, so there you go. There you so go. half the league's on so. league minimum. That's pretty much like the salary cap for the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that's and that's like your whole season of Fed salary. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You pay fifty grand for the whole entire team for the whole year. It really is. It really is something I think close it's to that. Six hundred dollars a week. Yeah, so Something I think, like that. Yeah. I think that's like just give kind of me. So how many weeks? You know, it's like uh, how many weeks is it? It's I mean, twenty grand a month. So it's yeah, like, that's eighteen four a month. How many months is there? Was it twelve? Or no, in the season. It's so federal it's like, league math right now. Six months. <laughs> so you're like around a hundred, hundred, hundred and change, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the year, for a whole team. You know, pretty impressive when you think about you know, especially if you, if you're a place like Binghamton. If you got a solid city and a solid fan base, dude, I f- I think the Federal League would be a legit business. I think that a place like Manchester, New Hampshire, where they had the HL for a long time, they had the ECHL for a couple of years, and then it just kind of bottomed out. They have to be looking. Somebody should be looking at where is that? It's Manchester, New Hampshire, the old it's Manchester cool. Monarchs. It's ECHL like. It's got to be as big. I mean, I mean, uh, now, now, I we don't expect I mean, there's teams the coming up every year. Like uh, that's the thing. Like it can't yeah. be. So like, so I'm just taking a quick look at there at the capacity of what was called the Verizon Wire. What is called there is, uh, uh, seats, seats nine thousand. Wow. Eight hundred and fifty-two for hockey. <coughs> but I mean, yeah, I that's mean, big. there's there's another rank up there. But, but yeah, I, all I'm saying is you have. If you're the owner of that rink, uh, maybe it's part of SNHU now. Maybe it is. But um, you have to be thinking about yeah. how are these people bringing in 5,000 fans? Could, I mean, to me, bringing in five or 6,000 fans in, in a 9,000-seat arena would probably be pretty good if yeah. you had nothing going well, on. Columbus just did. I think I mean seven thousand something. Granted, it was military night, like military night in Columbus. One of the most fun nights I've ever had. Tickets are probably free. Yeah, they give away like the whole top bowl. Like all the military comes. They pretty much, but they bust them all in, dude. It's so cool. So like when I played military game, when I played for Columbus in the SPHL the year we won the championship. Um, there's obviously tons of military guys that helped the team. I was friends with tons of military guys. The whole top bowl is camouflage. Like the whole wow. entire top bowl was these guys in their camo, and it was they were doing chants. Like every section was like their like their own little but like wow. crew or whatever, and they're all chanting back and forth and doing chants and stuff. So that was for military night. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it was the same night they had the other night. So it was like the whole place is packed, and I got in a fight and I stopped at center ice and did a salute, and the place just blew up. <laughs> the whole place just blew up. Like even when I watch it on YouTube, like the hair on my neck just stands right up. Like every single time I watch it, I'm just like, oh my god, like we got one of the, clip up somewhere, one of right? the yeah. craziest experiences I've ever had. Um, yeah, I fought Billy Sears, I think. But yeah, man, military night in Columbus was a very memorable one. I feel like they do a good job down in there, Columbus, man. All yeah. the boards are covered with ads. Yeah, they're just managed, very well managed. You know, like even when I was down there, they always had like a huge office staff. Everybody's working all day. And and like I say, they're, I just think top down, the it's run like a legit business. And 
um, you know, they take care of the team. Everybody's got their, everybody's matching, wearing nice stuff, you know, like they warm up before the game. They're all wearing their nice, they look like pros, you know, and it, and it, and it it's nice. It definitely makes you feel, look good, feel, look good, feel good, play good. Of course. Definitely, yeah. Look good, feel good, play good. They definitely have a, a look good, play good thing going yeah. on, I think. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of like Under Armour shirts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a good organization. Like I say, like I, I have nothing bad to say about Jerome was a great coach. Like I, I he was one of my favorite coaches that I had um, from those days, from back then. He really helped me develop as a player. So whenever I see him, it's a real treat because, uh, yeah, like he was he. I was a kid when I was down there. I think I was 21, 22, which is crazy. Fighting forty something times a season. How's it going? Just kind of, you know, to to deviate a little bit. How's it going? Like. Um, you know, I know you got your, your your fiance and your kids here, your your girl here, and your kids. Um, how's it been going for them? Kind of getting adjusted out here. Good, yeah, it's been really good. Like, well, you know, every all the everybody on the team is kind of like all the girls and stuff on the team are kind of pretty tight, and they we always have things going on. Like the girls hang out, and um, you know, Jamie was out with the kids when we were in Watertown. Um, Billy was like, Hey, look at this. And he pulls up some pictures and I guess, uh, Billy's woman and my woman went and took the kids out to the park and they were playing and, uh, they're sending pictures to both of us and stuff. Aww, so me and Billy, cool. it's nice for me and Billy were on the road. We obviously miss our families and stuff, but to see that they're actually together and, and, uh, the kids are having a blast and stuff like that. It's really nice. So you two, they're not in school here, are they? Or? No, um, no. So my daughter just turned three and then, uh, Wesley's one. So, wow. yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's been good like we're uh we're just kind of debating on what we're gonna do for summer if we're gonna um head back or stick around um uh, jamie just got all her paperwork ready so she just has to go back to the border to get her uh her status uh changed over so she can work and she'll get her green card and stuff so um that was kind of the last thing we needed to do and then now we're just debating on if we're gonna stay in danbury or go to denver for for summer wow that's cool mm-hmm. and nice that you have that option for sure yeah you know We've got a little bit of a weekend coming up here with Port Heron. Port Heron has stole some games from some teams around the league. They've been really competitive. Uh, I know it's early in the week, but what's the feeling in the locker room about this this tilt coming up? I think, like, I just think, I don't think we really are fo- too focused on any of that. Like, I just think we're just taking this one weekend at a time and we're just focused on beating every team. And I don't think it matters who we're playing. We're coming in and preparing the same way for it. Um, so we're just working really hard this week. You know, today we had a really good practice. Yesterday we had, you know, it was light yesterday. Lots of teams would probably would have taken a Monday off, but we're a really hardworking team. So, you know, after a couple wins, some teams will get days off. We just like to get get after it again and and uh, sweat it out. Nothing too crazy, but you know, we had a light skate yesterday. A little bit harder today. Tomorrow's going to be a really hard one. Probably like really get get a good sweat going and and get, get some work done, and then. Um, probably get systems going on Thursday and then back to work on Friday. So um, I don't think preparation is going to change too much. We haven't really talked too much about specifically Port Huron or what we're going to do specifically. I think we're just trying to prepare ourselves for playoffs. And so uh, week to week, it's pretty much the same thing. And and uh, big thing is just focusing when we're, when we're on the ice, whether it's practice or a game, we want to be in the same headspace. So. Very last thing before we let you go on WXCI 91.7 here in Danbury. Just tell us, Danny, just remind us about when Rough and Rowdy is going to be. Yeah, so March 3rd, coming up here in a couple weeks, March 3rd in uh, West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, and it's on – 
pay-per-view. You can order it on roughandrowdy.com. It's a Barstool Sports Promotion. It is literally the best fighting event I've ever been to. It is so much fun. They play music the whole time. The live event is insane. The pay-per-view is great. It's, a, it's like a comedy show slash WWF slash real fighting. So it's, it's well... Somewhat real fighting. It's like the old school <laughs> tough man. Yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah it literally is. It's yeah. just a tough man contest with obviously Portnoy and Big Cat are doing the commentary, which like those guys are comedians. Literally, <laughs> like they're actually. I swear they're comedians. So it's like. Did you get you a chance get, to meet those guys? Or? Uh, I didn't. I talked a little. Uh, I talked to um, Whitney. Like Whitney came up to me. That's cool. Portnoy said a couple words to me. He said like, "Hey, nice jersey. I had my trashes jersey on." <laughs> but I didn't really. I figure like at some point, like I'm gonna keep fighting. I'm sure at some point, meet, like the conversation will happen. I, I just didn't want. Like, I'm sure they have people coming up to him and approaching him all the time. So I just, I'll let it happen, man. If the universe brings us together and we have a conversation, then we have a conversation. I'm not going to go out of my way to like chase the guy down and be like, hey, man, hey, man, you know? So, <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to it at some point. Daniel Diamond Hands Amesbury, thank you so much for joining us again on Hatrick City. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas.